0: All right, folks, welcome on into the room. Glad to have you guys uh, with us. Uh, It is the new year and uh, super excited to uh, be spending this time with you guys. Uh, India, what's going on? Happy New Year to you.
1: Happy New Year.
0: How's the baby and the hubby? She's good. That's good. That's good. Well, I'm glad to have you in the house. And for those that are going to be watching the replay, uh, welcome and happy new year to you all as well. Uh, we're going to be spending a few moments here talking about uh, what it takes to win. as a nonprofit. And I want to walk through just a couple of uh, thoughts that I have and, Uh, India, since we have you here, we'll be glad to uh, have you a part of this conversation. So before we jump into this conversation, let's go ahead and uh, reset the room so that folks uh, know what we got going on, and then we'll take it from there. Hey everybody, this is Dr. William Clark, your host of the Dr. William Clark podcast. Glad to be with you all today. Wanted to welcome you into the podcast and just tell you thank you. Thank you for logging on, subscribing, watching, clicking, liking, sharing this podcast and the previous podcast episodes. It's our desire to provide great content for you, particularly if you are looking for content around nonprofit strategy, nonprofit leadership, and nonprofit fundraising. As you uh, engage in this particular podcast, I'm going to ask that you take a moment to not only take notes as we get started, but also take a moment to share this particular podcast episode with someone in your life who you believe can benefit from this. This can be a colleague. This can be a friend. This can be a partner. It can be a stakeholder. Anyone you think can benefit from good content around nonprofit stuff. With that being said, guys, let's go ahead and get into our show and I'll see you guys on the other side all right so let's go ahead and get into this topic today we're talking about what it takes to win as a nonprofit. profit india i have about four things here and and what I'll do is I'll I'll probably talk about one and uh just toss it to you to give some thoughts and feedback uh to our audience here and then we'll just uh we'll make our make wait work we'll work our way through this list uh when I think about planning uh when I think about winning rather for nonprofit organizations I'm specifically thinking about how we define winning uh, as an industry. And, and, and so what does that mean? What should it mean to us uh, as nonprofit leaders, as nonprofit operators, what should it mean to us to have a winning mentality? So the winning mentality that I do want to use as a framework here for our conversation is focused around how well we are doing serving our customers. At the end of the day, the work that we're engaged in is specifically designed to uh, produce results for our customers. We do this uh, so that our customers are getting the resources that they need. They are a part of our journey, and we are a part of their journey. And as a result and as a consequence of us supporting them and serving their needs, uh, we have to include in our definition of winning – Uh, our ability to serve our customers and to meet their needs wherever they are uh, on their journey and within the life cycle of their process from getting from point A to point B. So if that isn't the leading factor for you, you might want to reevaluate how you and your organization defines winning. And it's all about the customer. Now, as a uh, part of that thought process, we probably should toss in here this idea of winning has to be uh, has to include, rather, the idea that we are not only serving our customers, but we're also bringing along a healthy number of partners within our portfolio who view us as value-add contributors to the work, who view us as individuals and businesses and operators and nonprofit organizations that have the capacity to continue to do this work uh, at a high level on a consistent basis. And the way our partners kind of show their support uh and show that they have confidence in us is by way of continued funding. And so we position ourselves uh for continued funding and we if we do that successfully and continuously, we are actually positioning ourselves to continue to win and to win consistently. All right? If you are in a position where funding is no longer consistent, If you're in a position where funding is kind of falling to the wayside, there has to be some questions and some soul searching around whether or not you're doing the right type of work that's warranting the type of support uh, that matters for your organization and for the funder uh, at heart. So as we define what it means to win, we're talking about our customers receiving the services that they need, we're talking about funders supporting the work. And then also, I would say uh, as a third part of this leg that we're producing consistently outcomes that matters to all of our stakeholders. So when we talk about stakeholders, we are defining stakeholders uh, as in part our customer, our also our paying customer, our funder, but we're also going to define our stakeholder as anybody who looks at the work that we're doing and who has a vested interest in our success. So this can be community members, this can be legislators, this can be other providers, this can be anybody who says, I like the work that they're doing. What they're doing matters. And if they are successful, it actually has an impact on the business that I'm involved in or has an impact on my life. Anybody that sees your organization as essential in fact is a stakeholder and that's something to keep in mind. So this leads us into what it takes to win as a nonprofit. How do we uh, reflect a winning attitude within our organizations? There are four things I want to share with you today as we talk about what it means to win and how we frame this out. Uh the first one we'll talk about uh is this idea of planning and planning consistently. And as we've had this conversation on this podcast and as we have reflected often within this podcast, planning is essential and it has to be a standard part of the work that we are involved in and the work that we engage in. If we're not successfully planning, then we're not putting ourselves in a position to track the work that we're trying to accomplish day to day quarter by quarter, year after year. Planning has to be super important and it has to be a priority enough that it's not just something we do once every blue moon and when we do it, we produce it and put the plan in a corner uh, inside of a, a picture frame. In actuality, the plan that we put together has to be a living document that has uh, all of the core content, all of the elements that defines how we describe success from moment to moment, from day to day, from every transaction with our customers. And if there is an absence of planning, if we don't follow the plan, then we're actually setting ourselves up for failure. Before I toss it all over to India, I do want to make this particular point too, that when we begin to talk about planning, I am not just talking about strategic planning, which is important. I'm talking about planning of day-to-day activities, the planning of what we're going to do to run the program from day to day, what we're going to do to manage the more complicated and the less complicated things of our work. If planning is not a part of the cultural fabric of your organization, you're putting your organization at a significant disadvantage and the absence of plans, not just strategic plans, but just plans, action plans, project plans puts you in a position where you run the risk of your organization, not winning. Uh, India, we'll toss it over to you to have to, to kind of share your reflections on that first point of planning. gotcha. Thank you
1: so much. Um, as far as the planning, I definitely agree with you. Um, a lot of people fail for planning because we get busy with everyday life and everything that comes with life is that we literally just stop doing whatever needs to be done. Planning is a forever process, meaning like you should be planning all of the time and effectively planning. Um, some ways to effectively plan is not waiting to the last minute to do board meetings, not waiting unless you need to do a quick board meeting, um, not waiting to the last minute to try to plan events so then you get upset when nobody shows up or not waiting to the last minute to do, ask for, you know, funding, but you haven't properly found ways to actually obtain it, or you haven't even gotten your bank account or anything like that. Like you have to properly plan. Um, a lot of people don't know how to fully plan. I'm a planner by heart. So, um, anything basically that I do, Um, I have, I'm a planner y'all, I schedule everything. So of course things come up, we have to do important things or we have to push things in, but everything literally has to be planned. We can't just go out there and say, Oh, this is what I want to do. I want to do it next week. And then, you know, we get there, we do it. And then we get upset and say, I wonder why, you know, um, a lot of people, you know, haven't showed up. Well, we didn't properly plan for it. Um, You know, did you do it in enough time to where your audience or the people um, that you're trying to reach are available to do it? Did you put the right details? Did you follow through everything that you really needed to do? And I think that's what we, um, we kind of failed to do. Um, when we're working about planning and everything, strategic planning again, when you said in the beginning is very important. A lot of people miss that step. They just, you know, want to get paperwork done, and boom, they just want to go forward. And then we're wondering, okay, what is really going on? To the reason why we cannot fully, um, why why is our nonprofit not successful? Or, you know, like people say, oh, well, I'm not popular. So, no, it's not because you're not popular or or anything that you're not receiving is because you probably did not plan accordingly um, and everything that needed to be done. And sometimes when you plan, you got to make sure that it's the right timing, the right moment, because you could think just because it's a great idea that it's supposed to happen right now. And it may not be a good idea um, and everything. Um, And also like I was just talking to a client, he wanted to dissolve his nonprofit um, simply because um, he said of COVID, I said, COVID has been here for two years. There's no way you should be dissolving a non-profit of COVID. You need to go back to the drawing board. You need to definitely see what can I do. And, you know, to actually work out things, especially with COVID showing back up a little bit more now and the numbers are coming back up, you have to find ways around COVID to still do your non-profit. Um, you don't always have to do things in person, even though we love in-person events. But you actually can reach global. You can reach internationally. Um, You have to think of the pros and the cons. So planning, definitely, you have to plan at every step, making sure you get those board meetings in as well. Thank you so much, Dr. Clark.
0: No, that's just good information, and I appreciate you chiming in there. Let's go ahead and move on to that next point here, India. And we're in the middle of talking about what it takes to win as a nonprofit, and we just talked about the importance of planning. So the next – point here we want to make is the that to value time management. And uh what I've noticed, you know, as as a nonprofit culture, as as I serve my clients, uh, my history in the industry, you just there are a bunch of questions around do do we as a profession value time enough to make it a priority? Do we manage our time well? And this shows up and has a deep impact in our ability to perform and to deliver on services. Uh, You see in our industry, a lot of folks who are leading our organizations, who are leading programs, who are heart driven, who are moved by the work. And I think that's one of the unique and beautiful things about our industry, that there's an emotional connection. There's a heart driven connection to the work and to the customers. But that does not uh, absolve us from the business side of the work. That doesn't absolve us from running a successful and competent business. And in part, the challenges that some of us may be facing may be tied to our inability, our struggle, and our refusal to manage time effectively. So when we're talking about time management, there's the big picture uh, in terms of time management from the lens of strategic planning. How do we govern our time from moment to moment, month to month, quarter to quarter, year to year, so on and so on. But there's the daily grind of time management, particularly at the program level, that is a huge struggle for a lot of folks. So folks want to serve and want to meet the need of the community and solve problems and it matters and it's important, but we Do so at the expense of running a successful program. Can I tell you folks that the more you're able to honor time, the more you're able to organize your time on a daily basis, on a moment to moment basis, the higher the quality of your program will be. See India, there's an assumption that as a professional, as a nonprofit professional, that the more time I spend with someone, the more likely I'm able to produce a higher quality program. And the reality is that is not true and that is not an absolute guarantee. In any form of business, it is not proven that the more time you spend with someone, someone, the higher quality the exchange will be, the higher quality the program will be, the higher quality the revenue will be. In fact, what generates higher revenue, what produces a higher quality exchange or interaction with a customer is how you manage your time and in effect how uh, the customer feels like you're managing their time. If you're running programs without the discipline of time, discipline of structure, the discipline of dates, the discipline of, hey, if you don't enroll by this point, we're going to have to push you into the next cohort and actually stand on that. If you don't out of time when you have scheduled appointments and you don't and you don't uh, uh, communicate to your customer uh, that they have to wait until the next slot is available and it want, might not be available for a couple of days then you're running the risk of running a program that doesn't respect your time. And what ends up happening, what ends up happening is when you don't respect time, your customers won't respect time. Customers are gonna be responsive to the culture that you're setting between you and them, and they're gonna be responsive to the culture of your program. And when customers learn that they can just show up late, they can just infringe upon your time, it's going to create other backlogs within the program operation process that ultimately will show up at the wrong time and it can destroy your program. It can put funding at risk. It can put relationships at risk, et cetera. India, you want to chime in on that point of time management here?
1: Oh, I think I feel like we were trying to preach, but um, listen, y'all. <laughs> when I say that it is very important, um, really important to get this aspect. Um, everything you said, I literally have more implemented within the last couple of months because what happens is if we try to... There's no problem with allowing a few minutes and moments. Uh, let's let's talk from a professional point of view. Then I'm, I'll go into the nonprofit founder point of view and then to the people that we actually deal with. Um, on a professional point of view, Even if you are a consultant, central standard time, and um, you have a client that always shows up 10 to 15 minutes late, Um, that's not not good. Um, At some point, um, you have to really catch a hold of that, and you have to hold people accountable. And I'll say that I personally went through this as a business owner, like setting up appointments for people to do their paperwork. I would say an appointment, let's say for example, it's 9am in the morning. It gets 9.07am. I'm like, I allow 15 minutes for someone to be late. Things happen. Trust me. So if I don't see you, it's like, okay, where are you? You know? And then, so the nice person in me, because I'm very nice, and I have a heart. My heart goes sometimes. I have to also remember and stand on it, like you said, actually stand on my policy. And so I would say, hey, this is a courtesy. I'm inside of Zoom waiting on you, you know, and everything. And then the person, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. And, you know, um... To give a personal example, I'm not giving names, but I had dealt with a situation and this person was always late. And, you know, they said, well, you know, um, they said to me, well, you know, um, you know, if you just call me a few minutes before the appointment, I'll be there. I said, no, that's not how this works. I said, I do it the same way our doctor's offices do it. You guys, my doctor's office lets me know weekend events. And sometimes depending on the doctor's office, they let me know the day before I let all clients know 24 hours in events or at least the day before, um, directly that there is an appointment the next day and I personally let them know. I don't even use family or anything because it, because I just, I'm more personable. So I send that message to them personal and then they confirm if on the day of the appointment you're late directly, um, It is not my responsibility. It's not my responsibility to keep reminding you directly and you forgot. We all forgot. We all forget things. Get me wrong. But I literally had to go back to that con and say, hey, I'm not going to do that. That's something I'm not going to do. I definitely will remind you the day before, but use your calendar." I don't know where we got to the point where it's not my responsibility to remind when we go to the doctor's appointments, we get our appointment cards or we put it in our calendars. We need to learn how to use our calendar. We need to learn how to use time management skills. We need to learn how, when we say that, Hey, this is going to appear at this time that we actually stick to it. And you're right, Dr. Clark, when we don't stick to our policies, we allow people to push us over and then we're wondering why our businesses are not doing or are not handling the correct way. Now, Everybody can be late. Like for me, in this season, um, and everything, I've only had to cancel one appointment. I think since I've been in business, literally, and I'm a seven months pregnant, and I've only had been has been late maybe four times within last year. Because you know we start a new year. Now, when I say late, I mean like showing up two minutes late into the Zoom call or something like that and I apologize completely because my other client ran over. I'm trying to get that fine off the phone, um, everything. And then we need to make sure that we take accountability for our own actions and accountability for everything. It's important to actually sit and stand on what you say that your business does, your nonprofit does, or anything. So that is from a professional level. Um, if you are a person on the other end and you have and, – and you're a professional – and you're a leader also, you guys, when you have a nonprofit. So when you are a nonprofit founder um, and everything, you need to stick to what you say you're going to do. If you have a program that you stated that this is what you're going to start, we're going to start at 11 a.m. and we're going to do a brunch, then, okay, I understand allowing maybe 15 or 20 minutes to start on time. I don't, I don't go by, I'm sorry, colored people time. I, I know that's what we sometimes do. Oh, we allow, okay that's fine allow people 15 minutes maybe to be late but start that program on time what that does is it teaches them that this is our policy um and everything we're not going to wait till you just show up we're going to start because if we continue to run off of those times then we actually we're 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 downing our own businesses or ministries or whatever we we are actually doing. We take church as an example. When we church start at 11, church starts at 11, you know, and everything, maybe a couple of minutes behind, but it starts with or without you. And so it doesn't mean that I don't value you as a person because I started. No, I'm going to start on time and everything. And that's what we need to do as nonprofit founders as well. When we have our organizations, when we do our events, start on time and everything. You can allow Ten to fifteen minutes, or if you want to allow in the beginning something else to occur, so allow those few late people to come in. But do not become an organization to where you're always late. You're not showing up. You're you're not actually. If you say you're going to feed the homeless on this date, but nobody, somebody goes down there to help you, but you're not even down there. Don't be the founder that's always late. You know, and also your board, your team, your volunteers keep those they should follow the same standards um as you and everything they should be on time they should show up for the job they shouldn't always be late you know you don't always want to be known for a person that is always late as well that's not a good look I don't care I know a lot of times we play about oh you're always late no that's something we should not be Um, and we need to learn to use time management and it's important that even when we use time management, that the people that we are serving, it is important that they get all of our time for the moment that it is because that we value them and then they value us, but I'll stop there. I don't want to take over Dr. Clark, but, (laughs) but it it struck a nerve because I was like, I have really been working on time management, not for myself but actually for everyone that I serve. And so when people come into even Hartman Consulting, because I'm a founder, nonprofit founder, and I'm a consultant. So when people come in, you know, I have to give them the rules and regulations. In that few moments they're late, I'm like, hey, and I would literally correct them. You know, um, and I was telling someone, um, I will correct a pastor. I will correct an apostle. I will correct anyone because at the end of the day, we're handling business. And I understand, you know, I'm not your secretary. So if you need to be reminded or something, I understand that. But definitely, definitely my time is important and I value my time with you. So just it's very important to, for us to have time management, value our time. Time, you can never get that back. Time is money. So we need to be very important. We need to do better this year. Back to you.
0: Yeah. And the reason why this matters, um, you know, India talked about it from a um, a management perspective let me let me just say this before we move on to the next point here the culture you set organizationally around time management and planning is the same type of culture that will show up in the exchanges and transactions between your staff and the customer you're serving within your targeted community and if you're trying to help your community raise its its level whatever that level is to its next level, perform different, make different choices. You want to be the standard bearer. You want to set the uh, behavioral example of what you value. And you want to set that example as a teachable moment for every member of your community who may be looking for uh, some services from you. So if you work for a youth, uh, youth serving organization and you're trying to mentor youth, which is a very generic and broad term, one of the ways to show mentoring is not just during the workshop period that you have, but also how you teach youth to respect your time and your space. And by them learning how to respect your time, they're respecting the time of someone they love and trust and respect. They then begin to learn the behavior of respecting the time of other people And it becomes a new behavior for them that they're able to embrace and display. So this has a ripple effect up and down the organization. Let me just pause for the calls really quickly. My name is Dr. William Clark. Her name is India Hartman. And uh, we're talking about uh, how to win uh, as a nonprofit here in 2022 and beyond. And uh, we've talked about planning. We talked about time management. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about leadership skills. This is something that isn't talked about enough. Um, I'm classically trained in this space, and so I have a deep passion for uh, leadership. And, and what I will say about this without going full nerd is that leadership is all about the ability to influence people to accomplish a common goal. Leadership is about the ability to influence a group of people to accomplish a common goal. How you influence people varies from relationship to relationship. It varies from organization to organization, but there are various ways to influence people, including intellectual uh, stimulation and intellectual curiosity. You can influence people by behavior. You can influence people by decision-making. You can influence people by uh, finding what inspires them. You can influence people by incentive. You can influence people by planning, so on and so forth and so on. Whatever it takes to influence your people outside of fear and anything that's nefarious, uh, you want to utilize that to have an impact because the goal as a leader is to move an entire organization, an entire portfolio of stakeholders and funders and customers towards a desired outcome, a desired goal. Everybody that's a part of your influence campaign, which is another way of saying your leadership, require different things. They're not going to need the same type of influential uh, buttons to be pushed. And so you're going to have to be nuanced in your leadership, but you're going to have to have a philosophy to your leadership. Well, what is your philosophy? Perhaps as you're listening to this particular podcast, you're trying to think through what is my leadership philosophy? Well, you can steal exactly what we're talking about. Maybe your philosophy is going to be tied to effective planning top to bottom uh, for complicated and not complicated things. We're going to be a planning organization. And that my leadership is going to reflect that. Maybe your leadership philosophy is going to be inclusive of time management. I'm going to respect your time. You're going to respect my time. And when that doesn't happen, we're going to call that out, even amongst our customers. We're going to perhaps add to our leadership philosophy that I'm not the only leader, but everybody in this organization is going to be a leader of some sort of process or team. In some cases, some people are going to be leading both. And then maybe the fourth element we're going to talk about is relationships, but uh, valuing relationships as well. These four things that we're going to talk about in this particular podcast can be a part of your leadership philosophy. And so when you have this philosophy and you establish this philosophy as the key driver of how you make decisions and how you uh, drive for outcomes for the customer, for the funder, for the stakeholders that care about your work, it then shapes your leadership approach. When you are devoid of a leadership philosophy or you don't manage according to your philosophy, you're going to get a bunch of results that you're not going to be happy with. And it leaves you in a position where you're not winning as a nonprofit organization. India, what are your reflections on that part about leadership? I think that,
1: um, I really think that leadership is very important. I think, um, my favorite word is influencing. Oh, I've been working with that word because I am an influencer. And I always tell people that when you influence, let's in, influence in the positive manner um, and everything. Let's influence in ways that would literally value um, value our people that we deal with, our communities that we deal with, um, and everything. It's been very important. Um, learning leadership skills. Um, training to become better even in leadership. I feel like there are always ways that within leadership that we can become better people um, and everything. Right now I'm learning how to take um, literally the influence that I have within my community um, and everything, trying to learn um, basically how to use the influence I have, not in the negative manner, but more in the positive manner to be able to push more things within the community. For an example, um, I've never found myself uh, wanting to do city council or any of that stuff, but <laughs> lately um, there may be some areas and, uh, uh, that I may have to work in, in order to really push change within our community um, and everything. So leadership, it's very important leadership within our teams. Making sure we do um, leadership trainings and like making sure that we're growing. That we really have never fully um, arrived. That we're just trying to better ourselves at all means. But I definitely love. Uh, the definition of leadership because a lot of people think that, Oh, I'm not a leader unless I like have a title or something like that. And that's not true. Your leadership is literally the ability to influence and um, in everything. And a lot of us influence. I don't care if you influence five people, you influence 10 people, you influence your family, whatever it is. We are all, we, we all have qualities of leadership. There you go. Dr. Clark.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so let's round out these four points here. Uh, We're talking about what it takes to win as a nonprofit. We, We talked about planning. We talked about time management. We talked about leadership skills. And then lastly, uh, let's go ahead and talk about relationships. Uh, relationships, uh, they're key. They're the fastest way to raise money. We teach that in this podcast. We teach that in a nonprofit, uh, nonprofit fundraising masterclass. And uh, relationships are going to be key for you, uh, for your organization to win in 2022 and beyond. It's going to be key uh, for you to win uh, over the long haul, right? Relationships are, are essential. not They're not a means to get to an end. Relationships are all about your ability to serve the needs of the community and to be a part of the big picture solutions that you're trying to resolve. So when you develop relationships that matter to the organization, relationships that that are going to get you to specific outcomes, relationships that are going to help you navigate uh, through all types of challenges, the goal as a leader is to go ahead And to develop those solid, healthy relationships, but to also maintain those relationships. For some people, uh, that's been difficult during COVID uh, because you are a face-to-face person and you like to meet up with people and get with people face-to-face. Me too. Uh, I'm a coffee guy. Uh, prior to COVID, I would love to just grab coffee with any and all of my colleagues and friends, uh, any local coffee shop, so we can just meet up and talk and, and strategize and share ideas and share concepts and, and opportunities. And so that's a bit more challenging with COVID because people are literally booked hour to hour to hour via Zoom, working nonstop, and so there's less time to take breaks. But that doesn't stop us, and nor does it absolve us from our responsibility to build high-quality, consistent relationships that matter. Any, you want to chime in on that?
1: Actually, you can go ahead.
0: Great. Well, with that being said, we're going to... uh, Actually, switch gears for this uh portion of the conversation. Let's go ahead and uh play this outro transition, and then while we're doing that, we're gonna invite folks up to the stage for conversation. For those that are going to be watching the replay here on YouTube and uh the listening to this on the podcast or even on Facebook. Uh, if you're watching this, go ahead and hang out and leave a comment. Uh, if you if this live stream is streaming for you, if not, uh, leave a comment and we'll respond after the fact. With that being said, let's go ahead and play this outro and we'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody, this is Dr. William Clark, your host of the Nonprofit Funding Tips Club, and I'm glad to have you uh, in the house with us today, and I'm glad to uh, continue our conversations. In this club, we talk about nonprofit fundraising, and our goal is to simplify fundraising strategies for nonprofit organizations without chasing funders, and I'm super excited to have that conversation with you today. As you guys enter into the room and as you stay longer and engage in the content, a couple of housekeeping rules. Number one, if you want to have a conversation with me while the teaching is going on, go ahead and tap my profile and then tap the paper airplane to send me a message through the back channel here in Clubhouse. If you prefer to chat with me via Instagram, tap my profile again, scroll to the bottom, tap on my Instagram. A link there and send me a direct message there and I'll be glad to communicate with you through either mechanism. If you have a question while the teaching is going on, please raise your hand and let me know that you want to come to the stage, ask a question and or engage in a conversation about your nonprofit and your fundraising goals. Lastly, if you want to schedule a free consultation with me, those consultations are free. All you got to do is go to drwilliampclark.com. Again, it's drwilliampclark.com. Click on schedule a free consultation, select the date, a time, and fill out the survey, and we will meet on the date and time that you select. I'm super excited to have you guys in the room, super excited to continue our conversation around nonprofit fundraising and everything involved with that. With that being said, let's get back to our teaching. For our podcasting audience and our replay audience, that certainly was not the outro. I'm not going to play the outro, but this is Dr. William Clark for the Dr. William Clark podcast. We we'll catch you guys next time, and we we'll catch you guys on the flip side.